Hi, I'm Bill Osmolsky with the McIver Institute, and this is our McIver Newsmakers podcast. You can hardly step inside a building that isn't built to code, but you probably have no idea where this code comes from. Well, it's developed by a nonprofit organization called the International Code Council, known simply as the ICC. The ICC is currently working on the 2021 building codes at its national convention in Las Vegas. That's where I recently had a chance to talk with Mike Pfeiffer, Senior Vice President of Tech Services at the ICC. Tell me a little bit about the ICC. Well, the ICC basically is an, is an organization that develops codes and a family of solutions relative to the building environment, if you will. It's all about building safety. So what we do is we're currently in Las Vegas and we are updating, we'll be updating our codes to the 2021 editions of the International Codes. And in addition to that, as part of our family of solutions, ICC goes beyond just the codes. We provide solutions such as technical support. If somebody has a question about our codes, they call up the technical staff and we'll respond and assist them in complying with the code. We offer plan review. So we will take people will say, ICC, we'd like you to review these plans for code compliance. And we'll do that for a state or a local jurisdiction. We evaluate innovative products. There's always new technologies out there. And there's always a question, how does this technology relate to the requirements in the building code? We actually have a subsidiary called International uh, Evaluation Services that does an evaluation of specific products for compliance with the code. The reason being is it makes it easier then for the code official to have an understanding of if somebody wants to do something in their town relative to a building and they've got some kind of a device, a mechanical device or a structural device, and the code official says, well, I don't know how that complies with the code. ICCES would evaluate such a product, issue a report, and that way the code official has a basis to form his opinion, approval of the, of, the, of the specific product. ICC is very active on global activities. Our international group is going, you know, throughout the world, dealing with basically the adoption of the international codes, and, and not necessarily all of them, but like the building code, for example, and the energy conservation code. So we're very, we're, we, we characterize ourselves as a family of solutions. So most people think of ICC as, yeah, you guys develop the codes and you guys develop standards. We do that, that's our foundation, but we go well beyond that in the interest of building safety. Okay, so like how would, how would you describe this, like, um, are you a trade organization? Are you a code company? Are you? That, that, that's it. We're clearly not governmental, yeah. okay? Uh, we're not a trade association. We, we characterize ourselves as a model code organization. And our role is basically to lessen the burden of government. So for example, if you are a city and there was no, there was no ICC per se, you would have to develop your own regulations for buildings. So ICC, develops those regulations. So that's why I would characterize as we're pretty, we're, we're not government, maybe some people may call, call us quasi-government. Uh, we are a not-for-profit organization because we do assist states and local jurisdictions in putting together model building regulations. Okay, let me make sure you're still in. All right, perfect. So the building codes themselves, these aren't laws, these aren't regulations, but Correct. they um, um, they sometimes will kind of take on that um, that 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 uh, authority That's depending on what local gov what governments do. You're exactly right. So basically, our I codes, the international codes, are adopted in all 50 states. 
So we put together the model code. So that's what's being done right now here in, in Las Vegas. We are putting together the model codes for the 2021 edition. As you correctly said, they are a set of regulations, but they have no effect until an agency, such as a state, a locale, or jurisdiction, specifically adopts them. Now, they can adopt them in total, in terms of all 15 of our codes. They can opt, they can opt to adopt just a couple of our codes. Uh, they can adopt our codes and also make local amendments. But we provide the formwork, if you will, of regulation. But it, again, it has no standing until it's specifically adopted. Now, part of the idea is to have some consistency. How does it complicate things when uh, governments are, you know, take them and then they amend them? Well, you know, again, that's their prerogative. They may have unique situations in their in their in their geographic regions that warrant an, an amendment. But you know, what we do is, if somebody has a question, if they say they're going to make proposal or amend it, they may ask our opinion and say, "Well, the code says this, the model says this. We're thinking about doing this because." One of the things that sometimes the jurisdictions are not aware of, if you come in and you change one passage with an amendment, there may be a domino effect. And the challenge could be they make that change, but they weren't aware of something correlative in either that code itself or possibly in one of the companion codes that could be impacted. So we will provide that assistance to them. But at the end of the day, it is entirely up to them to make the decisions. So they need to do this eyes wide open in terms of when they make a revision, have an appreciation for what are the consequences of those revisions. Tell me a little bit about the types of members that you have, like where they come from, and sure. which ones can actually vote on these codes. Uh, in terms of the type of members, in terms of participation, any and all people that are involved in the construction industry are typically involved as either ICC members or participants in our code development process, or both. Code officials, engineers, architects, Arms, agencies of the federal government in terms of, for example, FEMA is extremely active in light of, for example, issues of, uh, on structural issues, seismicity and hurricanes. People testify on these proposals for and against in front of a committee of experts. That committee in turn offers a recommendation based upon the testimony that they've heard. Following that, anybody can then submit a public comment that effectively says, well, we heard what the committee said, but the committee didn't think about this or that, or they may make revisions or changes to their proposal based upon some of the comments received from the committee. So the first step is a vote of a committee of experts. The second is a vote in a public comment hearing, which we're doing currently here in Las Vegas, is where instead of a vote of a committee of experts, it's a vote of the active governmental members of ICC. Those are the eligible voting members. Those are the code officials. Those code officials have no interest other than health, safety, and welfare, and they are in turn afforded the opportunity to make the final decisions. So, and then the third step in the process is after we leave Las Vegas at the public comment hearing, those who were not able to attend in person will be able to afford, again, the same eligible voting members, the code officials, will be afforded the opportunity then to vote online on what is called our online governmental consensus process. We then take the results of both the public comment hearing and the online vote, we combine them, that then becomes the final disposition or the action on the specific code changes. Just to give you some context, we started the cycle, this current cycle in 2019, with a little over 1,400 proposals. We're currently entertaining 425 of them as the second step in the process here in Las Vegas at the public comment hearing. And then those 425 will then go to the online vote as well. How many people are going to, you know, number-wise, are going to be voting on this? 
It could be, we, we have a process where the governmental member voting representatives need to be validated in accordance with the requirements of our bylaws. The current validation numbers for, the, for this cycle at hand, we have over 8,000 validated. Whether or not they will all vote, we will see. Uh, but they, currently there are 8,000 that have been validated. So there's, there's no limit on like, um, on uh, like how many, if you're a government, if you're a government code official, yeah. and you belong to the ICC, you get to vote. There's no limits on it. Well, effectively, if you're if you're a governmental member, let's we'll call it a governmental member. The governmental member is typically the state of the jurisdiction. Yeah. Dependent upon the state of their jurisdiction, they are afforded a certain number of what we call governmental member voting representatives. So, for example, if you're the city of Chicago with a significant population, you would be have you would be afforded the ability to have. 12 people, governmental voting representatives, participating in the process. How do you actually get, like, so that's the, uh, the maximum number, do they, um, do they meet that number? Or sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It really is on a case-by-case -case basis. We do have a lot of states and jurisdictions who are extremely active in code development, and they will actually see all, have all of their people actually voting. Again, it really is on a state-by-state -state basis or a jurisdiction-by-jurisdiction -jurisdiction basis. Yeah, so theoretically, if if everybody in Rhode Island was really active, they might get more votes than, than other states. That, 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 that could happen. Uh, but again, we have actually have a, uh, on our website, we've identified how many eligible voting members are there from each state, and that was posted last Thursday. Oh, great. So I'll be able to see exactly how many are from Wisconsin. You could see exactly how many are from Wisconsin. Again, they would be part and parcel to that total of a little over 8,000. Okay. Let's see. Where the code ideas come from? Um, Okay, yesterday I, I heard a little debate about um, something tying into local boards of appeal. Mm -hmm. how, how do the codes, uh, how do they, uh, what impact do the codes have on a board of appeals? Like how does that figure into their decision making? Okay, that's a great question. The ICC codes in chapter one, it's called the administrative provisions. All of our codes have a provision that basically says that the jurisdiction who adopts our codes needs to set up a board of appeal. And in our codes themselves, we identify the mechanics and the logistics of how those appeal boards should operate. We provide the overview, just the structure of the Board of Appeal. Then it's up to the local jurisdiction to basically enact that Board of Appeal, decide how to populate that Board of Appeal. But we provide the framework in our codes because every jurisdiction, every state is going to be different when it comes to a, when it comes to their respective boards and specifically on an appeals board. And a, good, and a good portion of their responsibility is going to be applying the codes in a local. Uh, typically, one of the biggest things that gets, that gets applied well to an appeal is the local jurisdiction may be enforcing a code in a certain way and somebody can wants to challenge that local that jurisdiction so their avenue in order to have it reconsidered or at least have the code officials judgment considered reconsidered is through their respective boards of appeal and that is all set up right here <laughs> well again it's well, the, the framework is set up here but we again it, it, the framework is, is pretty pretty broad okay typically when you get into again local and on a state level they get into a little more details you know that actually may be we talked a little bit earlier about when you've got the model codes you take the model requirements and you make revisions or amendments to them you may say for example the state of Wisconsin may adopt the 2018 IBC and they may take the appeals board section and they say well let's do this this and this and so they effectively make a revision to the model yeah, it actually seems like we just adopted the last one and now we're going to have another one yeah, coming so up. It, it, is, it, it is really a function of the individual jurisdictions and states. Okay. Um, let's see. What areas besides safety do the codes address? Uh, in addition to safety, energy. 
Well, we produce, we produce an international residential code that has an entire chapter devoted to energy conservation for residential buildings, one and two family dwellings and townhouses. We've got an energy conservation code that deals with both residential buildings and commercial buildings. We've got a zoning code that gives you model zoning ordinances. We've got the plumbing code and the mechanical code. Plumbing obviously dealing with the likes of water distribution in your home, drain waste and vent, things like that. A mechanical code deals with stuff like ventilation. So building safety is clearly job one in terms of protecting the public. We want to make sure that the public, you know, where you live, where you work, where you go to school, where do you where you shop. You, we want to make sure that you're indeed safe. But in part and parcel of being safe is, again, if you don't have a, a water distribution system that 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 it has potential with contaminants, that could be a problem. So safety is a very broad term. Yeah, and so um, talking about zoning, so like uh, the codes also feed into like master plans for communities as well. Then they they, they do uh, our zoning code. Zoning is kind of a unique, we, we provide a zoning code, we, we produce a model. Uh, if, there's one, if there's one thing that gets modified pretty regularly at the local level or state level is our zoning regulations because zoning you're talking about the uniqueness and the idiosyncrasies of a specific jurisdiction. And for that reason, it's kind of hard to capture that in a model. So you will see oftentimes a fair amount of revisions or amendments to the zoning code. Any surprises or what are the big issue areas this year? Uh, in terms of the big issue areas, uh, there is a fair amount of provisions that we're dealing with this cycle on the residential side uh, relative to withstanding hur hurricanes. Uh, so FEMA and the, uh, the structural engineers are very active. We've got issues going on with photovoltaics in residential. Uh, later this week, speaking of energy, we're going to be dealing with a lot of proposals. Some people want to enhance energy with more restrictive provisions. Some people want to reduce energy conservation with less restriction provisions. So it, this one follows the gamut, but predominantly we're dealing this, this cycle with structural considerations, residential building considerations, as well as then energy considerations. In 2018, where we, that's where we dealt with some of the other provisions. We dealt with the other provisions in the International Building Code, the Plumbing Code, the Mechanical Code. It takes two cycles in order to complete all the proposals and consider all the proposals that go into, once approved, into the next edition of the codes. Okay, then, um, how was Vegas? I've been here quite a few times. Uh, so, I mean, Vegas is, when you're dealing with the hearings, it's just another location. Uh, to be very candid with you, uh, our hearings start at 8 o'clock in the morning. They're scheduled to go till 7. Uh, I've been in hearings, well, we'll be there until midnight. So, regardless of the location where you're at, one conference room or one meeting room or one ballroom is no different in Vegas than it is in Chicago than it is in New Jersey. <laughs> Sounds good. Is there anything on your notes or anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't give you the opportunity to? No, I, I think the biggest thing is, is, is basically your, your, your initial question, which is what is ICC all about? And, and we really are about uh, uh, the development of our codes and a, and a family of solutions for the built environment. We are there as a, as a resource, uh, in addition to being the model for people that, w that are interested in building safety, who want to make sure that their buildings are safe, we are there as a resource to assist them. Again, that was Mike Pfeiffer from the International Code Council talking about how they're going about writing the 2021 building codes, a process few people know anything about 
but which has a direct impact on the cost of construction around the country. For the McIver Institute, I'm Bill Osmolsky, and this has been our McIver Newsmakers Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>